views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the hit show, Mouthing Off with Chef Rossi. Each show, Rossi, a.k.a. Chef Rossi, and author of the hit memoir, The Raging Skillet, mouths off about different subjects in a pursuit of breaking down walls and opening up our minds. Look out. She and Dr. Pat banter back and forth using the subject of each show as a framework for uplifting, inspiring, and what exuberant conversations. So get ready for that appetizer that will wet your whistle as we lean into the main course of the day. Issues, conversations, things that are heavy on your minds, but lightening up your heart and ending each show off with that sweet, sweet, sweet dessert of inspiration. Now, here is your host, Chef Rossi. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. Pat, and I am here with my co-host today, Chef Rossi. Chef Rossi. Woohoo! Well, Benny, Benny, Benny's like, yeah, Benny's like, let's let's let the intro play, girls. Uh, sorry, we just sorry. want to talk. We want to talk. <laughs> we want to get oh, in what? there. Who cares? Info, in, 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 in. Let us just start. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, Benny. Sorry. Uh, well, listen. Chef Rossi, everyone, I'm Dr. Pat. Tune in. You know what? When, look, Chef Rossi has created this venue, and you're going to hear about another venue too, Mouthing Off Radio. And not just about Mouthing Off Radio is just something you're going to hear once in a while. But I'm going to tell you, Mouthing Off Radio is something that the world is listening to. Why? Because a lot of people are telling us, man, I didn't know what it was. But wait a minute, you're talking about life. You're talking about love. You're talking about glory. You're talking about empowerment. You know, we thought it was going to be this other thing. Well, guess what? Chef Rossi is amazing. So Aww. amazing that <laughs> she's a best-selling author. Now, what is she doing? You know what? I want to be Chef Rossi when I grow up. Here's why. Because I'm watching her Talk about these ideas, everybody. Are you ready? This is going to be a huge lesson today for all of us. But I'm watching the chef talk about things. And then the next thing I know, what? What? You're, there's a play? Wait a minute. There's now a show? Wait a minute. There's like a business? And here's what I want to say about this. We all get stuck in our lives. She does. I do. You do. The question really is, Are we going to say yes to this new breed of rebel rousing empowerment? That's my term for it, because that is what it takes today. Rebel rousing empowerment to change the world. Chef Rossi, I'm telling you, this is a good one. Welcome. I'm so happy. I can't even say. I'm so proud of you. Tell us about the news. Well, I want to immediately run out and get a t-shirt that says rebel rousing empowerment yeah yeah i'm like so excited already i'm like yeah i didn't have any caffeine today 
but <laughs> I've got some rebel rousing empowerment happening. Woo! Yeah. So the, the thing that's super exciting right now is at the beginning of my book tour, when the Raging Skillet came out, I met this guy who looked a little bit like the Unabomber. I didn't take him so seriously. But he was like, I want to make a play out of your book. And I'm like, okay, someone has to up his meds, you know. But he was serious. And now, all this time later, two years later, it is actually going to start production July 20th. That's when the previews start. And opening night is July 28th at the Theater Works in Hartford, Connecticut. And it's like there's already a huge buzz on it. Everyone in the world is going. And I'm just so jazzed. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to go to a play and watch somebody play me. I mean, it's the most surreal experience. I, can e- I can't even tell you. But, you know, it's more than that, though, too, isn't mm-hmm. it? It mm-hmm. is really bringing to life stories, conversations to save lives, to change lives. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And let's talk. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because it's part of our mm-hmm. show today. Sure, you know, absolutely. it's part of our show today. It's somehow on this way to being who you are and who I am. We obviously check the box off when our soul asks the question, do you want to help other people live amazing lives? And by the way, let's give you a little chutzpah to do it. And then secondarily, how about we give you a few challenges along the way so that you can help other people with challenges? I didn't check that mm-hmm. box, did you? I didn't sign up for anything I signed up for. <laughs> I'm like, what, what, what? I think 90% of the things I've done in my life, I wouldn't have done if I knew in advance. Thank God I didn't know. Or maybe, I don't know. Mm. But you know what I think, the, to me, the big lesson about today's show is that we have all this knowledge now. Like, you are like the smartest cookie in town. I mean, I talk <laughs> to you, I'm like, this woman is smart. You know, and we have learned all sorts of lessons. But what good is it if we don't pass it on? And I see young people all over the place who are being hurt all the time just because they're naive and they're making painful mistakes that we could be preventing for them. And some of them you kind of have to have the mistake and learn from it and move on. But um, if we can just pass on our knowledge and our passion Mm -hmm. and our power to the next generation, that's really what life is about. And that's also like a lot of people are like, I don't ever want to die. I want to live forever. But the only way you can really live forever is if you pass on what you have and who you were. And you pass it on for the good, not for the bad. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who pass on the bad. I don't really think that counts as living on. No. No. I don't think it does. And let me tell you why. Because you and I have talked about this before. Here's why I don't think it counts. It doesn't count because we're not born into this world like that. We don't come into this world like with bad, like, you know, come on, let's let's have our mothers give birth to us, you know, and, and they've got bad tattooed on our forehead. No, right. we come in as shining bright lights of innocence, shining bright lights of innocence, right? Right. And that's the pathway for good. But not everybody then, not all children, right, Chef? Not all children then have their lives be that. They experience some horrific things, don't they? Oh, my God, they do. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I mean, partially I've been thinking a lot about it because I knew we were going to talk about it on the show. Mm -hmm. But. There were like a couple of people in my journey that really kind of turned me to the left when I was heading to the right. Mm-hmm. Let's just say the right is the dark side. And there's, there's been some people I've met that 
really would have benefited from someone doing that for them. I remember on the bullying show, I talked about that horrible bully we had in school that really scarred and traumatized all the other smaller kids. And later on, when we were grown-ups and we reconnected at a high school reunion, he admitted that the reason he'd been such a horrible bully was because he was being abused by his father. He was being beaten up at home by his father. Then he would go to school looking for someone to take it out on. And so if that kid had gotten some loving and some caring from someone who took notice of him and wanted to pass it on to him, maybe he wouldn't have passed on his fists and his fury to all those other kids. And now there's a whole lot of adults walking around this world who had really traumatic childhoods just because of that kid. I mean, he ruined that. He was such a terrible bully. He ruined the childhood of at least 20 people I know mm-hmm. who are now, you know, adults with scars. So it's like the domino theory of knowing ha- no one having intervened and that father being such a jerk. And it just keeps going. You know, likewise, I think that when I was kind of heading towards the dark side, I had a school teacher who intervened on my behalf. I remember I was really mainly preoccupied in getting like a straight A in hell raising, which I still kind of am. But, you know, (laughs) I I was like, oh, who needs school? I'm going to (laughs) party. And I walked into the first day of my creative writing class, and there was this teacher, Mrs. Holton. She looked... I talk about not judging a book by its cover, but she looked like the poster child for an old, mean teacher. You know, her yeah. hair was so pulled back that it looked like it hurt, and she was skinny, and she looked like a mean version of the grandma on Beverly Hill Billies. Remember her? Yeah. Anyway, I just knew she was going to be a meanie. And so we sat down on the first day in class. She asked everyone in class to go home and write about, I mean, to go home after school, of course, go home and write about anything they wanted, 500 words about anything they wanted. And I was like, anything? And she's like, anything at all, come back in with 500 words. So now normally I would do that thing kids do, you know, the stretch words. I slowly walked down the winding, endless street and slowly got back, you know, anything you could to add words. But I was so excited about being able to write about anything that I turned in 600 words. And what I wrote about was what it was like to break up a clump of marijuana, take the seeds out, smush it, roll it into a joint, smoke it, and then eat a bag of potato chips. So I was so thrilled with myself, and I just assumed she was going to be horrified. I turned it in. So she then asked some of the kids in class to read their piece out loud, and this, you know, girl read a cute thing about her puppy, and people read, you know, cute things. Then she asked me to read mine. I'm like, you want me to read this out loud? And she's like, yeah. So I'm reading it out loud, and the class is cracking up. And I'm expecting, you know, to be, you know, suspended or get a detention or, you know, at, at the very least to be reprimanded with a big F on my paper. And she said, who can tell me what's great about this story? And I was like, what? And different people were like, you know, the, the pothead in class was like, the weed was great. You know, different people are saying different things, you know. And she's like, I'm going to tell you why I love this and what's great about it. I could really taste those potato chips. I could taste the salt and the crunch and the texture. And she started going on and on and on about how great my piece was. 
And then after the class, she asked me to stay behind. So everyone else left. I'm like, well, now I'm going to get that detention. And she said, you know, you seem to spend a lot of time being, a, you know, a rebel rouser, like you just said. Um, but if you applied yourself, I think that you could be a really great writer. Wow. The way you describe those chips, you really put me in there. I could really taste them. If you stick with it and apply yourself, you can really do it. And she really kind of just ignited something in me. I mean, I don't know. I got to think, you know, that maybe I would have found my way to writing anyway, but this really catapulted it um, and really changed my direction. So instead of being so preoccupied with being the class clown and the hellraiser, I started to get more interested in writing stories and writing poetry. And, and that also became a great outlet. I had a lot of anger, like a lot of kids do, but I would throw it into my words and my writing instead. Mm. So she was actually not mean at all. She was a great teacher, and she had a lot of knowledge, and she passed it on to me and turned my direction, you know? Well, yeah, and let's here. here's what I want to talk to you about, and we're just going to skip the break right here, is that this idea of passing things forward, um, you know, listen— Growing up in New York City, and it doesn't matter whether you've grown up in the streets of New York City or you're growing up in Beverly Hills, we are all capable of love, we are all capable of being loved, and we're all capable of giving and receiving things that are not love. Right? right. There's like a gazillion words for things that there's love. Right, Chef Rossi? Right. Over here, right. there's love. And then over here, there's a gazillion, million, billion words for everything that's not love. Don't you find that interesting? That, 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 that there's like one word, the love word. Mm-hmm. And then we have 50 million other ways to describe everything that's not love. Right. I hate it. It sucks. It's bad. It's, it's bad. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. But here's what I here's what I remember. You know, people say to me, we don't get you, man. It's like, here you are. You're doing this positive thing. You know, we've read some articles about you. Not much. They're like, Pat, there's not much out there about you. What are you doing? And I'm like, you know what? That's not my job. I love helping other people. Is not, it's like I love telling everybody about Chef Rossi. I love it. I love it. I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking, wow, yeah, I am going to be talking with Chef Rossi today and we are going to be talking about stuff. And I want the world to know about Chef Rossi and what she's doing. See, that's what I love to do, right? That's pretty but, awesome. I got to say, that. you know, like a lot of people do drugs, but I think I'd rather, you know, just get ahead of you. <laughs> You're you're like excellent. I'm like excellent, man. I'm doing I'm doing a line of pad right now. <laughs> oh, but here's what it, you know. I I had a time to reflect on this when my uncle passed away. He said, you know, Patricia, 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 you, Patricia, you know, Patricia. You were you were like a disturbed child. <laughs> oh my god! Right? Are we really talking about this now? Um, he said you were like really disturbed. You were really dark. I said, "What age? What age, Uncle Ralph? What age was I dark?" Well, starting like about three years old. I said, "You oh, got to wow. be bleeping. <laughs> You're an early bloomer, Darth says, Vader, the three-year-old. He says that's when your uncles gave you those boxing gloves. Do you remember? 
And I said to him, but I don't remember that. He said, you know why? As dark as your life was, your mom was one of the most loving. See, I think this saved me, chef. Mm -hmm. She said, even though your mother committed suicide, which nobody wants to talk about, she was so loving. Don't you think, chef, this is my question to you. Take away all of those gazillion words that are not love. Don't you think an ounce of love can be worth five gazillion million quarts, quarts of love juice? Oh, listen, you, I heard once that like the foundation of a person happens in the first five years they're alive. Mm. So your mother gave you that love foundation and that got you through all of that pain. I have a, a nephew in my family who had a, a terrible, terrible childhood, um, but he was partially raised by my mother the first um, six years of his life, and she and she was uh, she passed away. He was only seven when she passed away, but she infused so much love in him in those first six years that it carried him through a lot of really hard and rocky years. And he's turned into a fantastic person and a great dad. And I often will say to him, you know, how did you turn out so well, you know, with that childhood? And he was like, I, because I got all that love from grandma in the beginning. She just set him up right. I mean, it's so important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's like about love and it's also about mm-hmm. um, passing on who we are to someone, you know, to Yes. Kind and patient enough to share the knowledge that we have with someone. That, I mean, for me, I have to tell you, like, I'm a very impatient woman. I got too many things happening at the same time all the time. So it's really hard for me to, you know, slow down and smell the coffee, like they say. So it's almost Mm -hmm. easier for me to pass on love than it is for me to pass on knowledge. So if I take the time to show someone something or teach someone Mm -hmm. something, that's about the biggest you know, mound of love I can give them. Well, we got Alexa calling into the show. What I like to do, Mr. Benny, is, uh, yeah, we are taking your calls. Let's let's do it. I'd love to talk with Alexa, Mr. Benny. Let's bring her on. Yeah, come on, Alexa. Okay, can you hear me? Totally hear you. Oh, great, okay. Well, I am so thankful that you're talking about this today because it's been on my mind for a couple of days. Um, Boy, I thought the energy was going to carry things forward in sort of my personal situation in a little more positive direction, but it, it like, it, it sort of is just, <laughs> well, you know, I have um, a wonderful partner who um, unfortunately has a lot of bad karma in his life, you know, um, mm-hmm. nothing else, he, he just kind of inherited it, and um, he's been trying to work through it for a long time, but it keeps coming back, it keeps coming back. And now it's becoming a problem for him. Um, so he's just, you know, I mean, I don't mean to speak negatively, but, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of hard to deal with sometimes in our relationship. Mm-hmm. With him. Mm-hmm. It's just really becoming um, And I've talked to him about it, you know, just very lovingly, of course, just trying to help him to see that this is happening and um, that it's affecting his daily life. And he. He sort of knows it, but he's becoming less and less conscious of it. Um, and I just thought maybe you'd have a suggestion either yes. for him. Or- yes. Yes. We, mm-hmm. we both have a suggestion uh, for both you and for he. 
And I don't generally like to talk about folks that are not on air, but I don't want to know his name. So don't mm -hmm. don't share his name if you don't mind. But I want to give some feedback to you because I think this could help. But I would like I would like my co-host here, Chef Rossi, to, to start because I'm telling you, we got something sure. for you. Well, listen, I mean, obviously, the, the easiest and simplest answer is therapy. You know, I was like very anti-therapy for the longest time. And um, my girlfriend actually talked me into going. And, you know, I was very resistant to it. And then I sort of thought the more resistant I was to it, maybe the more I needed it. Because really, I am kind of crackers. You know, I'm a neurotic <laughs> Jew. So, of course, you know, of course I need to go. Um, but sometimes therapy can be a bummer, too, because it can cost money if your insurance doesn't cover it. There are all sorts of avenues for free therapy and all sorts of avenues for 12-step groups. And even though you may not want to go to a 12-step group like Alcoholics Anonymous or something, there are 12-step groups for anger management and things like that. So there are all sorts of places that you can go to get someone to talk to. And what I realized is, like, instead of waiting for some miracle of what that person you talk to might say back to you, I realized that the whole point is just to get it out of you, get it out of your partner. You know, you're carrying around that bad karma and that darkness and that anger. You want to discharge it, you know. Think about shooting a gun. That's not a pleasant thing. I mean, I suppose it could be for some people. But you have a gun that you need to shoot. It's like burning up inside you. You have to discharge it. You could just uh, even look at your local church or synagogue or community center. I'm sure they'll have some free therapy groups or 12-step programs. There's always an avenue. And there are lots of charities set up to offer free therapy. I know in uh, New York there was all sorts of free therapy for um, mm -hmm. for the gay community, too, you know. So it's out there. And I think the main thing is not to carry things around inside. Like the same way yeah. you're calling in and talking to us, that's a huge step forward because you're not carrying around this bomb inside of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Alexa, can you hear me Okay. I can, yeah. I was wondering if that suggestion is for me or for him. Yeah, for see, this is what I'm going to say. Um, here's what I love about this, and this is what I want to ask you. Do you mind? Can you stay on for a minute so that I could chat with you just real quick? I just have a follow-up question for you. Sure, sure okay? of course. Okay, so here's what I want to tell you about karma. You know, when I was homeless, I... Uh, I, I was homeless, and Chef Rossi knows this, like New York City has, like, the Port Authority, right? And, uh, you know, the Port Authority, back in the day, like, when I was homeless, it was, like, in the dark ages, right? It, you know, I was, like, at 17. Um, the deal was you could hang around the streets in New York. You didn't, you know, get knocked off the street and taken to jail. But you could stand in a Port Authority and ask people for money. And nobody would haul you off and go to jail. So here's the thing. I would do, I mean, there would be myself and a bunch of other kids my age, and we'd be all asking for money. And at the end of the day, I had so much money in my little baseball cat and cap. And I, Benny, don't click me off, a New York Yankees baseball cap. <laughs> and I had so much I like money. The Yankees. Yeah, Yankees, so much money in there, Alexa, that the money was like, I would have to empty the cap like five times in the day. And everybody would say to me, 
we don't get it. What are you doing? And I had one other homeless kid shadow me one day. And at the end of the day, homeless, no place to sleep, no money to talk of except for that little deal. Here's what I learned. I learned I get to create my own karma. I get to create my own energy field. I get to not carry the mistakes of my past forward and pass them on. And so here's my question. You know, if, if your partner will not see what else is possible, meaning what else might be possible? Well, here's the thought. What if, what if the karma idea flipped itself on the back? And there was this karmic energy of only good things and abundance. What if that were the new thought? What if that were? See, because for me, I wasn't thinking about how I was going to starve at the end of the day when I was begging. And I'm telling you, I was begging. begging. I remember one time, Alexa, I dropped to my knees to ask somebody to give me the $5 bill instead of the dollar that he was going to give me. He pulled out two bills. And one was a $5 bill. That God damn, I'm going to cry talking about this. Just give me a second here. And I remember getting on my knees. And I'm begging this man in his three-piece suit. Probably going where, Chef Rossi? I can make up a story. Probably Wall going Street. to Wall Street. And begging for him to give me that $5 bill. Why? Because it takes hours to get $5 because they give you coins. So Alexa, are you willing to entertain a different thought today? Are you? Oh, I've been entertaining this one with him for a long time. It's just that he, it, he doesn't stick with it. I've, no, I, no, I, but I, just you. Let, you're the only one that we can work with here for the moment. I do. So, I, I do, but I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, um, I'm sort of losing my, some of my resources, you know, like I just, um, I was working with a healing group for a while, and it just—it well, it, anyway, it shifted. I just uh, okay, but listen, listen to me for a minute, because I want to give you something really powerful to help you. Don't want you to have to work with resources. Yes, you can go to therapy, but here's what I want to say to you: all you need to do is, do you believe in a higher power, God, or anything like that, Alexa? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. So this is your assignment if you choose to accept it. For the next 70 days, I would love for you to say out loud or whisper, thank you, God, for everything. You know, let I lost my keys. Thank you, God. Do you understand? Or whatever you believe in. Thank you, higher power. Thank you, in Buddha. Thank you, whatever you believe. That's what I would like to invite you to do 70 times a day, because that's what our topic is today. We're talking about love. We're talking about looking at the people in our lives that are so wounded, like me. I was so wounded that, you know, I hurt so many people with my woundedness because they didn't have any tools. And I want to invite you, you and anybody listening, take on this challenge. It's the thank you, God challenge. 70 times a day for 70 days without wavering, without thinking anything but that about him, 
about you. No more karma thought, nothing. No more resources, just this idea. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. I do. We're going to be sharing a lot more information about this. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. Thrive is what we experience when our mind, body, and soul operate as one. When we thrive, we excel on all levels. Thrive is the mindset that matters. It is essential to our being. Have you ever found yourself looking for the instruction manual on how to thrive? You'll find everything you need to help you feel strong, powerful, and peaceful in your own body. So don't waste any more time. Visit thrivebygen.com today. Tune in to Dynamics of Diversity Radio, scripting the new narrative for immigration with leading experts, Kripa Upadhyay and Steve Tanijo on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will remove the noise that often accompanies discussions on this topic and share a new perspective on the dynamics of immigration and diversity, ever reminding us that together we are all at the core of innovation, excellence, and positive change. Visit OrbitLawPLLC.com for upcoming topics. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. When your body is awakened, your spirit comes alive. Dana Canetto is a transformational guide, embodiment coach, and spiritual mentor assisting women in realigning with their truth and embodying who they are by connecting to the wisdom of their body. Tune in every month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network for Body Divinity Radio with Dana Canetto. For more information on Dana and her services, visit danacanetto.com. That's D-A-N-A-C-A-N-N-E-T-O.com. Hey, 
everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, you're listening to Mouthing Off Radio with Chef Rossi and me. I'm Dr. Pat. You know, today we're talking about passing it on, passing on our pride, power, passion, love, and kindness to younger generations. Um, you know, Chef Rossi has talked about having sheroes. Uh, mm-hmm. And before we get back, Alexa has called us back. Alexa, thank you so much. Just give us one second. I want to tell everybody about the play. Um, wow, Chef Rossi, come on. This is the coolest thing. It's It's having its world premiere at the Theater Works in Hartford, Connecticut. And it is the play based on my book. So my book was The Raging Skillet, and the play is Raging Skillet minus the the. Um, It goes into previews July 20th. They've finished their casting, and I'm going to run out there this week and meet the cast. It's like, I can't tell you how surreal it is to know I'm meeting someone who's going to be playing me for the next 40 shows. It's pretty great. And then, um, you know, and then who knows what will happen. It can go anywhere. You know, it may tour the country. Who knows? Just, I think it's just super exciting. Oh, I think it is. And you know what? Somebody better plan to bring it out here to Seattle. I may have to look at that and mm-hmm. uh, you get may that have to going. You to do it yourself. Uh, exactly. Uh, now, Alexa has called back, and I'm so glad she did. Alexa, it's great to have you here. Well, thank you so much. I'm, again, sorry for the drop call, and I appreciate the feedback you've given me so far and the suggestion, and I can, I will definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I really believe in that, and I've actually been trying to focus on it for the last few weeks. Um, I guess I've just been running into challenges energetically where I just feel like it's sort of going beyond my comfort level mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. negativity. And so uh-huh. I just, I guess my only follow-up question is, like, yeah. well, you know, how does one... I mean, if I'm standing in front of somebody who's yelling and screaming foul language at me, for example, is what do I do to stand there and say oh. thank you? No, oh, no, 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 no. Wait no. a minute, wait a minute. That's not bad karma. No, that's abuse. Even if that's it's abuse. mental abuse, it can be just as toxic as physical abuse. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. No, 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 no. Don't, please. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, I'm so glad you called back because let's separate this idea of karma from bad behavior. Let's do mm-hmm. that right now. No, um, that's starting to sound abusive. That's yeah. You can't ever allow yourself well, to be abused. Like, it's not like that, but it's like these, it's just like, you know, you know, it's just certain like mood swings are coming up and, you know, misappropriate anger. It's kind of like anger management really is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm sort of wondering, I mean, I can understand it, but, I'm sort of wondering, I guess that's why I'm sort of reaching out because I'm not quite yeah. sure how to work with that. Um, I mean, you know, I can, I can have perspective, but. It does kind of sound like an anger management class would be good. You could go with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a learning experience for you and therapy for him mm-hmm. or anger management therapy. And it sounds like that could be useful for you guys. Does he want to get help, Alexa? That's my first question. Well, I just, I want to ask, yeah. does, does he want to get help? doesn't like it you know and he knows partly that he's doing it and 
I think he is a little lost. You know, I really believe that. And um, I think that, um, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of knowledge around how to do this. He's, you know, I, I do as much as I can to help him, and I've given him some resources, and some of the resources he's using are just not really working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I think, you know, he does um, prefer to do this work by, by himself. Like, I've never, never, I, it, it has lightly okay. come up maybe he needs some help. So, I don't know, you know, I could bring it up again. I'm sure he would be willing, but he gen- generally prefers to do things on his own. He has a yeah. lot of pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those of us, I'm I want to tell you this. I understand that. I'm like that too myself. Yeah. Yeah. But I will tell you this because honestly, for me, he sounds a lot like I was. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you, if you knew me in my teens and early twenties, um, if you looked at me sideways, I clearly had a story about it and I did need to get some help around it. So the main question really is this, Um, I don't think that there is a lot for you to do except keep your energy clean. And Chef Rossi said it before. What that means is you're going to have to go get some tools for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, we have an incredible person that comes on here. um, You know, Laura, Laura Richard. And if, if you can get to Laura for you, not not for him, but for you, that's the first step. The second step is you can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. Right, right. That's really important. That's important, Alexa. You know what I mean? I do realize that. Right. Only so much. So, right. Yeah. Right. So, all of they us, you could have told step. me, yeah, yeah, you could have told me till I was green that I needed to get some help early on, but I had to figure it out for myself. But your number one priority is to get some help for yourself like yesterday. Do you have the resources to get some help for yourself? Well, um, you mean, well, financially, probably, I, I would probably do it. I'm, I'm sort of, um, you, yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably could do it soon. I'm, I'm in a job transition, but it's, it's okay. And if not, you know, I'll, I will maybe just figure something out. It sounds like I really need to just strengthen myself. Yes, absolutely. But that's I like have, the beginning of like so many different programs. So always put the focus back on yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so, I mean, especially where women, we're used to caring more about the other person than we do ourselves. It's like in our DNA. You know, when we're mothers, we care more about our children. When we're the partner, we care more about the partner. And we really do have to put the focus back on ourselves because it's like that old thing, you know, when you're on the airplane, they always say put the oxygen on yourself before you go to put it on someone else. You know what I mean? You have to really strengthen and empower yourself before you can help anyone else. Yeah. You know, it, it, my my mom used to tell a little story, and it's a long story, so I don't have time to go into it, but she used to tell this story to prove a point. She used to tell a story about her, her, or she called it her great-great-great-grandma, and I think that was just, like, fictitious. And she would tell the story about how her great-great-great-great-great-grandma would not eat until last, meaning mm-hmm. that she'd serve the table for everybody Um, And everybody would eat and it was like a big family. And every time she cooked a meal, she would wait to the end. And at the end of every meal, there was nothing left. 
And uh, so she would tell the story. you had a very skinny great-great-great-grandma. Great-great-great-grandmother that literally was not eating and ultimately went to her doom. And I Uh -uh. never forgot that story because for our own self-care, it's the same. So, Mm -hmm. Alexa, I hope that you look at doing something for yourself right away. Oh, yeah, no, I... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. I will do that. And, um, yeah. you know, I'll just you know, take things more in stride and mm-hmm. and do these gratitude, you know, yep. exercises every day because I think that would be better a way to turn okay. it around. Yep. And don't hang up because I'm going to type an email address to Benny and I'd like him to give it to you to email me directly, please. Sure. So just hang on for a minute. And, um, I'll make sure Benny gives this to you. Thank, thank you, Alexa. Don't hang up. Um, Chef, what a great show today. And um, I know. Uh, you cover a lot of this. You talk about things in, in your book as well. And we're talking about this idea of love, you know, pride, power, passion, love. But this is perfect for a conversation today because mm-hmm. we do have to start with ourselves, don't we? Mm-hmm. Well, it's. How can you ever help anyone else or love anyone else or be good Mm -hmm. for anyone else if you don't care about yourself? I mean, I've had so many people I knew over the years who, you know, they had a kind of a disjointed affection and a disjointed love for me and other people. And it really always came down to the fact that they didn't have a lot of Mm self-love. You know, like I got to think that that teacher who turned me in the right direction, my creative writing teacher, she must have had a good chunk of self-love or Certainly, she loved what she knew and wanted to share it. Um, I had this spectacular experience with a summer intern I, I started telling you about where I was very hesitant to take on an intern because I was like, oh, my God, i got to teach them and train them, oy vey, and then they just leave, so much work. But uh, she was the daughter of a friend of mine from high school, and so I couldn't say no. And she showed up during my busy season when things were going really crazy, and she walked in with so much love and enthusiasm and joy and was willing to do anything and everything I asked. You know, she'd go to the store, she'd answer the phone, you know, she'd make, uh, uh, chop some onions. I even had her make a lemon tartare. I mean, she would do anything and everything. And I was so happy to have her helping me that um, I lightened up and just started to teach her things. And then I would even stay after work because I realized that I was, having so much joy teaching her what I knew. And she was having so much joy taking it and running with it. And um, about a year later, she called me up to let me know that she'd just taken her first client as a wedding planner and was just ecstatic. You know, she'd taken that knowledge and immediately ran with it in this huge way. And I will never forget just how much joy it gave me to teach her and to see how much joy it was giving her, and then to see it come full circle with her getting her first client. And so, I i mean, you would think that I wouldn't have to learn these things at 52, that you get that much joy by teaching a younger person, but it doesn't matter. I learned it, and I won't mm-hmm. forget it. Um, and that, that nephew that I told you about who had kind of a crappy childhood and really mm-hmm. turned out to be a great person because of my mother, he told me something else, which was that, During his childhood, I tried to take him every summer and kind of deprogram him for at least a week. You know, he was living in the South. He was getting some 
strange ideas that didn't sound too great about women. And um, I thought he needs some feminist deprogramming. And he told me recently that he always felt safe knowing I was out there and he always felt loved knowing I was out there. And I didn't even really know that he paid so much attention, but I guess it really had made a difference. And he's a spectacular father, you know, not saying that um, everyone in the South has crappy attitudes about women. I'm just saying mm-hmm. the people he was, he was hanging out with did. So it's like, you know, you're throwing a little pebble into the pond, you know, the, and it just can kind of change the whole flow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was looking at, at, at something interesting uh, for today's show, right? And I thought, well, okay, how are we doing in the United States? You know, what are we doing with our younger generation? Are we, how, how are we? I was reading an article about Ireland. And mm-hmm. I was reading, our, Ireland has the fourth highest rate of suicide among teens in the EU. Uh, oh, my God, that's uh, terrible. But wait, listen, I, I couldn't believe this. And they said with only Lithuania, Estonia, and Finland experiencing higher rates. And they go on to talk about it, but they're especially talking about women. And they come to this place that you mentioned. I'd love for you to talk about this a little bit. You know, social media is often a cruel place. This is the Mm -hmm. quote. But Mm -hmm. the causes lie deeper than even that. And they're talking about younger women in particular need role models that are not their parents. Did you find that to be true? So true. I mean, it's so true. First of all, I mean, for me, my parents were crappy role models because I didn't have any aspiration to become, you know, a 300-pound Yiddish mother like my mother, you know, or a grumpy old cougar like my father. You know, that wasn't going to work for me. But I've had, I mean, I love this word, S-H-E-R-O, Shiro. You know, I had some great Shiros in my life. I hope I spelled that right. Did I? That was <laughs> good. That was good. Yeah, we got it. Oh, good. Woo! Great writer, lousy speller. <laughs> um, you know, I had a wonderful woman in my life named Diana Fabry who passed away this June. She was really a shero of mine because she championed me on the radio. Like the station I had my show on in uh, Provincetown, Massachusetts, WOMR and WFMR mm-hmm. in uh, Orleans on Cape Cod. They wanted me to do a show about food. And I was really tired of talking and writing about food because that was all anyone wanted from me. She championed me when I wanted to do my memoir show. We came up with kind of a great idea, doing a show and following it with recipes, and she you know, wouldn't let me give up. And ultimately, I got the show, and I've been doing it for 13 years, and it's still you know, hugely popular and hugely fun. But the format of writing memoirs and following it with recipes became my first book. And so when I did this reading in Provincetown, Diana was in the audience, and I made sure that everyone in the audience knew that if not for her, I would have never gotten my show on WOMR, which meant I would not have written the book, which meant none of us would be sitting there drinking wine and having fun. (laughs) So, you know, it was a nice thing. She was like someone who was really a shero of mine, and she was a very soft-spoken woman, which I mistook as weakness when I met her. She would speak so softly and nicely, and I thought, oh, she's a pushover, but she was not. Very feisty, always on the front line and protests, and really a powerful creature. Um, do you remember there was a radio show that uh, it must have been, like, all over the country, 
and it start. They would play kind of soft rock, and they would start by saying, "Yeah, soft and warm, the quiet storm." You remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. What, what was that? Who, that was good. Yeah, I, that was Diana Fabry. Soft and warm, the quiet storm. Mm. Mm. So I've been blessed. I had an awesome Shiro when I was eight years old, who was this eighty-something-year-old senior citizen who uh, met me in this art class. My mother made me take a senior citizen art class, even though I was eight, because it was free and they had free donuts, and she thought that was a good deal. <laughs> so, of course, I was horrified and bored and didn't want to be there. But this elderly woman named Catherine Hopper took me under her wing and showed me how to shadow fruit, give it depth. And I always wanted the chocolate donut, and there were never any left, and she'd always steal me a chocolate donut. And I don't know, you know, these people really just kind of change your course a little bit. Well, I, I love this because you and I have, uh, we've both had people that have guided us and that we were actually willing to listen to. That was a breakthrough. And I remember Amy Sarrow, Amy Sarrow in high school uh, grabbed me one day and, and said, I'd like to talk to you. And off we went into her little private office and we had a conversation. And she said things to me that no one had else said. You know, things like, I see something special in you. And, you know, that's, you know, I didn't know that six months after that conversation, I'd be homeless. But the point is this. I never forgot that, Chef. Mm -hmm. I never forgot Amy Sarah, mm -hmm. a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. So how can you. we, how can we spread more kindness you know, even today in talking, talking with Alexa, you know, one of the things that we, we didn't mention to her was that sometimes we have to show kindness and love even in the face of anger. But mm -hmm. we certainly don't have to put up with the abuse. Mm -mm. No. So Tricky, that's isn't it? It started sounding like she was getting a little bit of abuse there. And mm -hmm. then I, I got a little concerned for her. Mm -hmm. No, it's interesting. This, it's very hard to give blanket advice, but some things really hold true. I mean, loving yourself so that you can love someone else really holds true. Not letting yourself be abused, defending yourself, that really holds true. Um, I do think talking about it and not holding it in really always holds true. Sounds like in that situation that she's in, there needs to be maybe an outside person helping them out a little bit. Sometimes it just takes someone because you're too close to something, you can't see it. But I hope that she can protect herself and care for herself. Um, I don't know who her partner is, but she sounded mm -hmm. like a lovely, a really nice person. Yep. And haven't we been in situations like this, Chef? I know I have. Mm -hmm. You probably mm -hmm. have, you know. Mm -hmm. Been in situations where you really are looking out for the person you're with or someone close to you that you love. And you get to a point, though, when you have to realize that you can only change yourself. Right, right. Well, I remember I did, I did a little time. I did a little time in jail, and I did a little time in Al-Anon. And really all of that is like the first thing you learn when you go in there, put the focus back on yourself. Because everyone's there because they're caring really so much about another person and kind of forgetting about themselves, you know? Yeah, really I know. It's amazing. Well, before we kind of 
scooch along here and don't have enough time, please tell people how they can find out more about you, how they can get copies of your book, all of the above. And thank you so much for being Chef Rossi. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, if you want to get tickets to the play, which are on sale, you can call the box office at 860-527-7838 and grab a ticket while you can. I mean, it's going to be running uh, from July 20th to August 27th. It's going to be matinees at the Theater Works in Hartford, Connecticut. You can always find information on my book and what I'm up to on my website, theragingskillet.com. You can pick up the book at any local bookstore or at thefeministpress.org or at amazon.com, or probably you can get it through Barnes & Noble. If they don't have it, they'll order it for you. Sometimes they run out. Um, And after the play, I'm like cooking up a couple of things. I think I'm going to do another event in the fall in Provincetown at a great new bookstore called East End Books, run by a really sweet guy named Jeff. He's kind of lovely. So this thing's cooking. Um, You can always find me on Facebook at Chef Rossi NYC is my Facebook page. And I hope I see you at the play. Um, July 28th is going to be really exciting. I got a feeling that I'm never quite going to get over this, you know. I know. Somebody playing my mother. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, here, my mother passed away in 92, but she's coming alive again on the stage. (laughs) (laughs) I love it Chef Rossi totally love you mouthing off radio with Chef Rossi if you've missed any part of this it's going to play again later on one last question what's your personal message what would you like to leave us with well you know there's a lot of hate in the world right now there's a lot of hate in politics and the country there's war there's all sorts of things to be terrified about and it's really easy and enticing just to go out into the world and spread it a little further It's not so easy to go out in the world and spread something nice and sort of reverse the flow. But it's also the kind of thing that once you start and get the hang of it, you know, you can do it. You know, like if I could quit smoking, you know, I can spread the love. So maybe just try to go out there and reverse the tide a little bit. Like we need some people pulling us into the light. I love it. Chef Rossi, everybody, and I'm Dr. Pat. You know, and my message for everybody listening today is you heard Alexa come on the show. One thing I love about that is usually when we get that kind of message, Chef, it's a message that's resonating with thousands and thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. of people because Mm -hmm. we are really all connected. Thanks for tuning us in and turning us on, everybody. Let us rock on together and become rebel rousers of empowerment. See you next time. You've been listening to Mouthing Off Radio with Chef Rossi. Tune in on Transformation Talk Radio. And if you have missed any part of this, check it out at theragingskillet.com or transformationtalkradio.com. Say hi to Chef Rossi. Let her know what's on your mind and we will bring it to the next show. Visit theragingskillet.com and don't forget to get your own copy of the hit memoir, The Raging Skillet by Chef Rossi. See you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.